What's what up? up? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me get hold let me up. open my topo. Let me open my topo chico first. ASMR. All right, let me, hold on. We gotta pour, we gotta pour this into the glass, bro. We gotta pour this into the glass. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I already know Christine got that trendy glass off an Instagram ad. You already know. All right, let's get this episode started. What are we talking about? Episode number fifty-three. We're gonna talk about is freelancing for you. Uh, I think this is relevant to anyone who is a creative entrepreneur, creative freelancer. Um, we're about to get into some nitty gritty details and talk about all things. Ed, want to break it down? Some of the topics that we're going to be hitting on today? Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to be talking a few things like risk tolerance, you know, tips for freelancers, because as the year starts, um, it's already been starting, but a lot of people, you could either already be freelancing and I know that Paul and I both, because uh, we've talked about this off the mic, you can feel some doubts, right? Every freelancer has those moments where they're doubting, okay, is this actually going to work? Is this actually the thing that I should be doing? And then also, if you're working a job right now and you would like to freelance, but you're scared to because you're just worried about all the things that might be involved with it, we're going to go into all those types of things in today's episode. So let's roll intro music and get right into the conversation. Yo, I don't know about you guys, but our intro music gets me every single time. <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't know when we're going to switch it up, but for now, we rocking with it. Yep. Uh, here's the thing. When someone decides to take something that they're passionate about and they know that they can provide a service to, to another party in order to produce income, um, I think freelancing is one of the topics that comes to mind or words that comes to mind uh, when it comes to, you know, exchanging your services for something where you're not tied down to a specific company, a nine to five, and you are flexible. You most likely have your own business set up and you're able to work with client on a monthly, quarterly or per project basis. Um, and freelancing, let's be honest, Ed, I just put out a post today on my uh, Instagram. Freelancing doesn't mean free. Um, it's not a charity, it's you're running a business. And I think as a photographer and also someone who dabbles in video, I am so glad that I signed up to be a freelancer and I made that decision because I just feel like when I was working a nine to five, there was a ceiling that I was hitting. And the only way that I was going to be able to break through that was by almost redefining and creating my own sort of nine to five, if you will, um, starting my own business. But mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to hear from mm-hmm. you, you know, when did you go freelance? Um, I know on previous episodes, we talked about just like how we became and got influenced to be an entrepreneur. But when do you feel like you were like, oh, I'm going to go freelance? Because yeah. I know you, no. you worked at a company for some time. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. For sure. I think we should, um, I agree with what you just said to start the episode and kick it off. I think for the listeners who are coming in, who may be newer, who have not been listening to Midcombo for that long, I think we should give them a, a little cliff notes on you and I, how we started as freelancers. Like it could be short, but I think that would be helpful because they're about to listen to us for hopefully third, the next 30 minutes and 
they'll be like, who are these guys to give us advice on freelancing? So <laughs> for me, for me, so this is a little cliff notes on my story. I went to school for digital marketing and entrepreneurship. Keep in mind, during this time, I was working odd jobs. I've worked at Starbucks. I've worked at Nordstrom. I used to work at Zoomies. For those of you who are in hey. this area, who knows what Zoomies is, <laughs> um, which was interesting. Yeah, a lot of different odd jobs. And then I thought I wanted to be a social media manager. So I kind of was headed towards that route, went to school for digital marketing. But basically, long story short, um, I got a job at a startup working as essentially the digital marketing and content. So I did that for two years. That's where I got a lot of my business knowledge, You know, how to email, how to talk to ambassadors, how to talk to influencers, um, how to facilitate different campaigns, all the deal. But the thing is, as Paul just mentioned, if you work a job, I had a glass ceiling. Uh, the reason, I'm grateful for that job. Like I think I learned so much at that job, met amazing people, great connections, learned a lot. But the thing is about things about glass ceiling is that you could see through it. And when I was there, I saw everything that was possible. And I just felt like I was being held back by where I personally was. Not necessarily in a negative way, like not throwing shade at any of my past because it's all shaped who I was, but it was more of knowing that I could do more which is what led me into freelancing. And wow. so everyone has a story. It wasn't just like one day I woke up and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to freelance and just sent it. Like it was definitely more calculated than that, which we'll get into. But Paul, tell us a little bit about how you started on this freelance journey. Like where, how, how many years ago are we talking? And you know, okay. how did you first break into the idea of going quote unquote freelance? Yeah. I feel like for me, it was graduating from college and realizing that if I ever wanted to do my own thing, which for some reason, like even in college, I'm like, I don't want to work for anyone. I want to do my own thing, <laughs> but I need money. <laughs> so I worked at an agency for a year. While I was working at that agency, I was burning the midnight oil, spending my weekends building my portfolio f for, you know, eventually taking the leap to full-time freelance. Um, mm -hmm. Through that, I guess, season and through that process, um, I started to really better understanding you know, how I could almost become my own thing. Uh, it's hard when you have that financial cushion and you're getting a check every two weeks to going freelance and having sporadic months where some months you're making $1,000, some months you're making zero, some months you're making 10 grand. Um, so for mm -hmm. me, it's been a 10 year process. And I will say like, it took me probably three years in to really have a good idea on how to build it in a way that was sustainable and how to pursue freelance in a sustainable matter. And I like to tie the word freelance with freedom at times, because I feel like when you step into freelance, you're given a lot of freedom and flexibility, but that can be a benefit to your business just as much as a detriment to your business. Mm. And I have found just as I've grown and as I've matured as someone who like has always had a love for the business side of things um at the end of the day i'm an entrepreneur i'm a business owner and i just happen to be a photographer and that's kind of how i see my freelance journey yeah i think that's really good i love how you just break down the word freelance because it can really mean so many different things to a wide range of people mm -hmm. um one thing I would love to give you a little pushback on. Let, let me know what you think about this. Hey, okay. So punches. there's some free, there, there's freedom. There's freedom in freelancing for sure. I agree with you. 
But I think there's, I'm gonna go on a mini rant here. I think there's like a misconception, misconception with freelancing, especially people who haven't done it yet. They automatically think, okay, freelancing is my way to work less hours, take it way more easy on myself and somehow magically make a ton more money. See, yeah. that's like, it's kind of what is sold on social mm -hmm. media, on coaches, gurus that are always telling you like, take advantage of your own life and make a ton mm -hmm. of money and make your own schedule, which there are seeds of truth in like all of those. However, I think, you know, especially now, if you're a freelancer going, trying to do this for a living, you can't really have just that fairy dust in your, in your mind. You, you kind of need some realities and you need to understand that it's going to be a grind. You know, there's always that saying, people will say, you know, you quit your, um, you quit your, what is it? 24, what is it called? You quit your nine to five to <laughs> work 24 seven. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I really feel like it is that way sometimes. How has that been for you? I guess, do you relate to that? Do you also feel that there's a little bit of a misconception with the sexiness of freelancing, so to speak? Yo, here's the deal. Freelancing isn't sexy, um, but also <laughs> working at an agency where you're tied to a team that you didn't get to choose and you're told that you'll get a $5,000 raise every five years, but based on your performance, I mean, pros and cons to both. But what I'll say is I've had seasons where I kid you not, I worked so dang hard. I was just talking about this earlier. I was burned out all the time but my bank account looked nice. And I feel like <laughs> as you grow any sort of business and as you are, you know, trying to figure out the type of clients you want to work with and the type of clients that you'll never want to work with, um, you start to, as you grow, um, you start to figure out like what a healthy balance is. Um, mm -hmm. but I will say I've had seasons where I'm like, I am going to go on LinkedIn and find a job ASAP. But then I've had seasons where I'm like, mm -hmm dang, I just got that fat check. Yeah. It um, really is a roller coaster at times. But I think there's a lot of fall off with um, business owners and freelancers because of how hard it gets. So I think that really brings me to like the question of, you know, are you an entrepreneur? Um, are you built for the ups and the downs, the roller coaster, the risk? Um, because... Let's be honest, it's not for everybody. I have friends that are extremely, extremely happy and content with where they're at, working at an mm -hmm. agency as an in-house photographer. Mm -hmm. For me, nah, I wanna do my own thing. And also, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's always been butterflies, like you said. Mm -hmm. I think uh, for, I just wanna make a point as well that if you love your job and you're getting paid well and you have a boss, like that's awesome. I, I definitely don't want to be, I used to be more so like truthfully speaking in the past, I used to be of the camp, like everyone should freelance. It's so awesome. Like everyone should go make their own money. But as I've been in my business now for going on, you know, four or five years, there is, there is definitely something to be said about having a good paying job with structure because then it creates routine and all those kind of things. So I think, don't always be so quick mm -hmm. to dismiss people who have routine, have a paycheck, like have, have whatever. And I'm just speaking more generally um, to everyone who is listening because you might be working a job right now. 
Mm-hmm. But to make this episode a little bit more actionable, maybe speaking hey. to directly to the people who are listening, let's speak to two different groups, okay? Let's yep. start with one. Let's speak to people who maybe are considering freelancing, right? Yep. They're considering it. They work a job right now. Maybe it's part-time, maybe it's full-time, but they're not making the type of money they want to be making. They have a passion for creating content or something online or with client-facing uh, work, but they want to go freelancing. So let, let's talk about some of the things they should be thinking about or considering before making the jump. Mm. That's so good. Uh, I think the first thing you got to consider, whatever your craft is or whatever you're looking to do, do you have enough financial cushion set aside to play with and to experiment with? Um, I got to give Puno some uh, props. Let's go. I, she, yeah, she's amazing. She's uh, with I Love Creatives. And she talks about, she calls it a slashy phase. But essentially, it's like having cushion uh, runway, right? Financial runway in order to pursue that freelance, whatever you're trying to do. Um, where you're not going to go broke and bankrupt. So for me, when I took that leap, I had a couple of clients locked in on retainer and I found myself getting a few inquiries here and there. So when I took that leap, I knew, okay, I got like eight months of runway. Um, Mm -hmm. So if this thing flops for whatever reason, I'm going to be Gucci for eight months. I'll find a different job. So I think um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. How about you? Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. Uh, just to build off of that real quick before the second one, I just think that having runways could look different for everyone as well. Like some people might feel comfortable to work in their prime with only six months of runway. Some are like run really lean. They can run off three months of runway. You just have to decide what do you feel comfortable with, right? Like how, what makes you anxious when you see a certain number hit, when it hits that certain number in your bank account, you're like, oh crap, I need to make more money. Like what that number could be different for everyone. So yep. figuring out what that number is, um, is crucial in understanding like what your runway is. Because just because your friend or your other freelancer friend says, okay, yeah, I have six months runway, but you you feel more comfortable having like two years of runway, that's okay. Like it's okay to have different um, perspectives on how much you know runway you have or how much financial cushion because that is going to dictate how locked in you could get when you're freelancing because you're going to mm-hmm. make decisions based off of those things. I like um, that. So yeah, I think good the second thing the second thing for me that you should consider uh, when you're thinking about freelancing is are people, are, do you have like people asking you for the service that you're about to be freelancing for? This yeah. is huge because this is a very dead giveaway if you should start freelancing, what I'm about to say. If you work a job right now, and you have a side hustle, let's say it's photography, videography, graphic design, whatever it is, your creative craft, and you're doing it on the side kind of, and you start to get family friends or other colleagues, people you went to school with, you start to, you, they start to hit you up and say, hey, do, how much do you charge for this? How much do you charge for that? You start to get those types of messages in your circle. It's a good sign that you are headed in the right direction to freelance. However, mm-hmm. if you're working a job right now and you're like, I would love to be a photographer, a videographer, but your inbox is dry. Like you don't even have your aunt or uncle hitting you up being like, hey, let's let's do this for our next family function. Can you take photos for us? If you have nothing, like nobody is asking about this craft of yours. Yeah. It's going to be rough waters for you when you go freelancing because <laughs> you need some sort of traction and you need to ride that momentum when you start freelancing. 
like when you were freelancing paul like did a lot of people you was, you would get those dms you would get those text messages maybe from old high school friends being like yo i see you're doing photos like can you help me do this right <laughs> yeah the demand has to be there but also like it's one thing for someone to text you and ask for some quick headshots but then it's another yeah. thing to lock in an actual contract even if it's sure. like one project but you're like no i have a process i'm going to take 60 percent up front 40 40 percent after because you're able to start project your cash flow where you can never bank on a dm or a text message to turn into um paid work unless there's the contract involved and that's something mm -hmm. that i learned early on is i would like get super excited about all these projects that were coming in and then last minute they would ghost me and um <laughs> yeah i think that's a huge aspect of like that leap is making sure that again you have your ducks in a row but also that there's a demand for whatever service you're providing yeah so the demand for your service so we've talked about um demand for your service and also runway like financial cushion uh what's like a third thing that we could think about if you're looking to freelance so what is like one more pillar that you should probably check out before you put in your two weeks or something to go do your own thing i think maybe this isn't the last pillar but it's just like an additional tip but it's like uh shadow or assist someone that's in a position that you are trying to become it uh so i'll be honest like i worked at that agency to learn and absorb as much as possible i was in rooms that let's be honest i didn't belong to be in but what i did is i absorbed as much as i could i was doing roles at that agency that did they get me up in the morning were they like making me super super excited to like show up not really but i knew that it was a part of the marathon not the sprint and um i think every single no matter what your craft is or what you're trying to do i think it's best to learn from someone that's already done it and that's an expert in it so that seems like a no-brainer uh there's a reason why when people yeah. go into dentist school that they have to first start as like a resident because uh, they have to learn same thing goes with like photography and videography and like graphic design web design whatever your creative freelance uh heart desires that's a big one for me mm -hmm. that's awesome i think for me the last one to consider I, this kind of ties in maybe it could go to our second category as well but if you're working a job right now you're looking to freelance i'm i'm hot take this is a hot take kind of but if hey. you're mentally weak you shouldn't freelance nope like i think that in general with how plugged in we are socially speaking nowadays especially uh younger younger entrepreneurs or creatives who want to run their own thing there's just so much media there's so many people crushing it. There's so many YouTubers coming up every single day, TikTokers going viral. Like if you are mentally weaker, like you know that about yourself, like you get anxious with hard decisions more often. You know, when when you when a client ghosts you, you know, that puts you back like two days of productivity, for example, because you're just down yeah. on being ghosted. Like if you're if you if I'm saying these things and you're thinking, dude, that's me. Like I feel very down when certain big decisions happen. Not that you can never start freelancing. I'm just saying that is really something to consider, like your mm -hmm. tolerance to stress, I guess, and your tolerance to anxious situations, because especially in the first two years, those come up constantly, like constantly, mm -hmm. like comparison trap, imposter syndrome, you know, like anxious that clients are going to ghost you. Like all those things get crazy, crazy amped up from when you're working your day job because it's <laughs> all on you now. Yep. So 
assessing your tolerance for, I guess, I guess you could call it stress is such a huge factor before you send it and start freelancing. Because I have friends who, who try to go freelance or are currently going through it. And you have to be good at managing that stress. Because if you're not, it can really hinder your ability to make great decisions to have a successful business. That's good. I think in addition to like, being tolerant of risk and like figuring out where you're at in that. I think you also just got to weigh out the pros and cons for your own personal, uh, you know, lifestyle, I guess. Like mm-hmm. for me, I have a kid and I have two kids and a wife where like my wife doesn't work right now. So mm-hmm. I knew years ago that eventually I would need to get health insurance for the family. Uh, mm-hmm. How the heck am I going to pay for health insurance for an entire family? if I don't have clients coming in. So like, yeah. I'll be honest, that's a make or break for some freelancers, health insurance. Yeah, it's expensive, but yo. It's expensive. But like, depending on where you're at and how you're able to like, you know, I, whenever I see a problem or whenever I see something, I'm like, this sucks, but guess what? I gotta take care of it. Um, you know, you figure out how to be strategic. You figure out how to get an extra client. Um, and I think for me, it's like, you got to roll with the punches, but also you got to be willing to, um, it's the, I think it's the ones that are able to really make it through like the storms and are able to like be financially smart during that, but also know that work's not just going to come to you. It's going to take you grinding and tapping into everything. And I think that's a huge one where it's like, when we talk about risk, if you are like, I have anxiety of even thinking about having to pay myself because I'm so used to getting a check for my nine to five. Um, probably not a good fit for you because I'll be honest, there was months where I have a pretty incredible risk tolerance. There was months where I'm like, I'm not going to pay myself because I know that I need to keep money in the business. Um, mm. But I don't know. I think that's just like important to bring up and I'm glad that you brought it up because most people aren't willing to talk about it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think those are all great tips. A lot of those honestly cross over into this next category of listeners that we have most likely. Maybe these are people who um, are currently freelancing, but are thinking about quitting freelancing, right? Or maybe they're thinking about, uh, this is difficult this year. Like I don't make enough money. It's been a couple months, right? Personally, as Paul mentioned earlier in the episode, I didn't really feel comfort in running my own business probably until about year three or year Mm. four, even like up until more recently where I'm like, okay, yo, I could, this is good. This is headed in a direction where I really feel like this can be a big win for myself, for my future, for my family, et cetera. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't hit that until more recently, which is going on three, four or five years. And so... For those who are currently freelancing, who are thinking about, you know, just evaluating where they're at with that, let's go over some tips that they should consider on if they should, if they should stick it out or if they should consider going back to a nine to five, because there's nothing bad about going back to a nine to five, but you have to be smart about it. So what are some things that you should keep in mind, Paul, if you're currently freelancing and you're having some second, second guesses on freelancing? I think if you've seen, if you have seen patterns in your business of financial insecurity, so again, you're not hitting where you want, you've been doing it for maybe a couple of years, 
and like you have a family or you have things that really require attention from like a monetary perspective, I think then it might be a good time to start looking at grabbing an additional job. Um, there's freelancers that I've coached before actually that on the weekends they do like a waiter job. And to be honest, they're like kind of nice. Like I enjoy it. I love people. Um, so don't be embarrassed by, you know, throwing in the towel and being like, Hey, I'm going to do both, but like, I'm probably not going to just solely focus on my freelance stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. Hey, on it, honestly, kind of off topic. You know what I could see you doing on the weekends, Paul? What? Being I feel like you'd be a great, I feel like you'd, <laughs> I feel like you'd be a great bartender. Bro, tell me like, what. Say, like here's whipping the deal. up some cocktails, whipping up some cocktails, getting those tips. Dude, you would slay at that. Bro, here's the deal. Sammy always laughs at me when I bring this up to her and like people that I know uh, here in Miami. But I'm like, do you know what a jo one job that I would do if I wasn't doing what I'm doing? I would be a waiter. <laughs> I would. And I honestly think within the next couple of years, um, it would it would like fuel me. Like I wouldn't do it for the money. <laughs> yeah. I would do it for the enjoyment of like, being around the people and also just, I don't know. I just love the idea of, I don't know. It's like the same thing at church. I'm like the parking guy at church. Like you would never think that. <laughs> I park cars I, at church. I agree though, because I've thought, so my brother is a GM at a, like a restaurant at the airport and like hey. they sometimes are hiring for positions. And like recently they're like, oh yeah, we're looking for a bartender. And then in my mind, I'm like, dude, that kind of sounds nice. He couldn't tell me how much they made. And bartenders actually make a lot of money. And in my mind, because this is kind of going into our, our episode topic, because of the amount of things that I have to think about as a freelancer to run my business, there's something very appealing about clocking in somewhere and pouring drinks and getting paid and then walking out of the building. Like that's awesome. something of something about <laughs> that concept is very appealing to me. And I think that this is the I love that. highs and lows that every freelancer goes through, which is why mm -hmm. it's important to understand, yeah, where your financial situation is, as Paul was saying in this first tip for those who are currently freelancing. You know, what what are you where are you at with your finances? Mm -hmm. I got another one that comes to mind and then you can like tee up the last one, but uh, I say this, but I mean it. It's like, you might be super creative, but not business-minded. And when you sign up to be a freelancer, you're signing up to have to do the business admin tasks. Mm. So if you hate organization, if you hate talking about money, you hate finance, like all, if you hate all those things, probably, you know, you might run into a wall with freelance and be like, yo, this is, this is like not for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of, I've like had conversations with a lot of friends over the years that have tried taking the leap. And um, Kuno says it in one of her episodes where it's like, if you, your personal financial situation will bleed into your business. And I'm like, that's so true. And that is one aspect of, my childhood that I'm really thankful for, thankful for actually is um, my mom and dad did a really good job at being like save first or invest first before you spend it. So for me, it's always been how I ran my business. Um, but again, we all come from different backgrounds. We all approach mm -hmm. money differently. I think that's a big one as well. Yeah. Yeah. How you're, yeah. I think sometimes it's tough because 
where you are, the family you're raised in and geographically where you're born, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneurial world, everyone can talk about being self-made and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like people are successful, worked hard. But mm -hmm. honestly, like where you're born and the family you're born into has such a massive impact on the trajectory of your success. Like you could be the most hardworking person ever, but if some people, honestly, like just the cold hard truth are just built with better, better cards than others. Yeah. And some people just have to work harder to get to certain points. That's just the reality of life, I guess. Um, so just mm -hmm. taking that to account, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Ed, you're in Seattle. Do you feel like that has an impact? I'm like in the middle of nowhere and I feel like I can't find clients. And honestly, it's something that I don't really think about as much because it is, I am in an area where people, maybe the average salary is a little bit higher. The average income for these businesses are higher. So maybe I can pull in more money versus other parts of the country or even other parts of the world landing a certain mm -hmm. number, like even $5,000 for a client or $1,000 could mean very different things in different parts of the world. So like wow. being aware of that is important depending on if you're thinking about quitting or freelancing and whatnot. Like how far does your money go with where, where you live? Um, so that's, that's not good. really a tip. That's just more of a, a I think that's important thing. though. It's like, I'm not going to lie. I've met photographers in my hometown, Minneapolis, that are trying to do high-end fashion. Listen, <laughs> Minneapolis is not New York, but also... <laughs> Any other niche, like if you're a food photographer, yo, you can crush in Minneapolis. You can crush it anywhere. Where like I do feel like like you're saying there's specific locations where you can be held like it will hold you back and you might not be able to find like success if you stay where you're at. Um but I would say like it's a very select group of niches that kind of falls within that. But I think it's good to point out because I've had conversations with photographers where I'm like, just want to let you know, you might be better off like running in this lane versus that lane. And then they test it out and they're like, wait, oh my gosh, like I'm getting leads. So it's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, the third uh, and the final one for if you're currently working um, a, or currently freelancing and you're thinking about potentially not freelancing, <laughs> Paul out here just doing a straight waterfall like air drink in the board? middle of my <laughs> bro we're going for the asmr thing i thought <laughs> you should have done it closer to the mic then i don't even know if people would hear that you have to hey bro during plug, his, if you don't know what i'm talking his, about during your next uh, next um pitch meeting or discovery call what if you started doing that in front of your client on like a zoom call just, just like straight up high drinking <laughs> if, Sorry, what was the uh, third if you one miss, i said if you no i was gonna say if you missed that real quick this will be on YouTube. So if you're only on audio right now, go to yep. YouTube and you can go see what we just talked about at this time. And stand. also we'd be but pushing just, that YouTube hard now. We are. Yo, we got some housekeeping updates at the end of the episode. So stay around for that. Um, the final tip that I just want to share with someone who is currently freelancing, who's thinking about potentially second guessing themselves or they're not sure if they want to keep doing it. It's just understanding what your five-year plan is. Um, this is something that this is more so my, this is more of a personal thing that I've been thinking about. And I'm just turning it into a tip at the moment on the mic right now. But this is something that's been on my mind a lot is mm. when you talk about freelancing versus a nine to five, right? What is your five-year plan? Like where, where do you see yourself? Like at the company you're currently at, 
or maybe let's say mm -hmm. more even broader than that, like at the role you're currently at, let's say you're a social media manager, you're a digital marketer, maybe you're an accountant, whatever it is, right? Do you see yourself doing that in five years? Yeah. Right? Do you see yourself doing that in five years? And if you're freelancing right now, can you see yourself doing this in five years? And does that make you excited? If the yeah. answer is like, no, then you should probably start thinking about pivoting. Like if you're freelancing right now, and you're like, I can actually see myself doing this in five years, and I just don't enjoy parts of this process, then you should really consider about not never revisiting it, but you should maybe think about getting a job to afford you some of those cushions that you want and have get to your five-year plan quicker. Like for me, my five-year plan, right? I don't want to be doing only client work in five years, right? I want to be I want to be making money doing affiliates or doing YouTube videos. I want multiple streams of income. And so therefore, there's been days where I thought about, would it be easier to build my YouTube channel if I went and got a day job, nine to five, and then build my YouTube channel at night? That's what I mean when I say, think about what your five-year goals are. I mean, I'm not gonna go do that on the mic, <laughs> but I'm yes. just saying, figuring out and really thinking of taking yourself out of your current situation, thinking about where you want to be in five years can be a very big indicator on whether or not you should continue freelancing if you're currently doing that right now. That's so good. No. Wow. I like that you laid that out because I think it gets like to the, like, let's get real type of thing. I mm -hmm. I think what's a hard response to that is like, uh, I think most people that are at nine to five jobs, I mean, if I'm wrong, uh, probably haven't thought that far in advance. They're probably thinking about yeah. that Christmas bonus. Can I get an amen? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're probably like, yo, if uh, you know, the stock market does better and our business actually gets more sales this year, quarter four, I'm gonna get a fat Christmas chat and like go yeah. on a trip. Where no, like I think it is actually good to even ask your boss, like, hey, um, you know, five years from now I'd like to be here. Is that even realistic? And if it's exactly. not that might be a good indicator that you have to find a new company or you got to walk and do freelance. Um, Dude, like taking that to a micro level with what the example you just gave, like for example, um, when I was working my job, I was making, so the first year I got my job, I was making 45K a year. Hey! At my last job, right? 45K a year. Then the next year I got a raise and I was making 54K a year, right? The amount of work that I put in in those year and a half, two years, I had to be brutally honest with myself, right? Like when you're first starting out in freelancing or in general, or just in the creative industry, I think everyone's goal, everyone talks about making six figures, right? So it, mentally speaking, everyone's trying to hit that $100,000 a year, which in 2023, I don't think 100K even gets you as far as people think it will. But in general, that is like the milestone that everyone tries to reach, right? $100,000. <laughs> so at the trajectory that I was headed, with this whole five-year thing or the whole conversation we're talking about. If I was to hit $100,000 as a salary, it would have taken a lot. Like if at the pace that I was going, it would have taken years to get to that number doing what I was doing. And so that's what I mean when I say, consider your five-year plan. Cause I know that can be a little bit overwhelming. Like you said, Paul, you brought up a good point. Like a lot of people don't even know what they're doing next year or what their plans are for even next month, right? Sometimes it can be super overwhelming, mm -hmm. but I mean more so from a bird's eye perspective with the money you're making, how passionate you are about what you're doing, and then aligning that with where you where your end goal is just for five years, not your life. Wow. Just for five years. I like that. 
I'm about to drop a golden nugget. Did you teed me up for hey, this? Dro- hey, dro- hey, drop drop the nuggets. Why are you holding uh, out, bro? Why listen, are you holding out? Listen, listen. If you're at a job and you're a creative entrepreneur, in-house photographer, videographer, graphic designer, and um, Sammy and Myla. <laughs> all right. If you are a creative photographer, videographer, graphic designer, web designer, and you're at a company and your boss can't tell you or you can't see where you can potentially be in a couple of years and it's not a, ra- a big enough raise or it's not a big enough leap, if you will, do this. Figure out how to have your company that you're working at, your nine to five, be one of your clients as a freelancer. So instead of you getting benefits and, and like instead of you getting a 401k match or whatever, you're actually telling your job, your boss, hey, I'm looking to go freelance. And again, you got to make sure that you're a valuable asset where it's hard to replace you. And they also need to be on the same page of, you know, continuing to work with you. But you might find it more beneficial to make more money by having them be one of your freelance clients so you can go out and work with other clients and still get paid the bread. Um, That's something that I've touched on before and previous coaching materials. And I think it is interesting because especially when the pandemic hit in 2020, freelance was a buzzword. Like everyone was like, how do you pivot to freelance? Because I don't know, a lot of companies just changed the way that they approach what they do. But um, yeah, dude, that's- I'm saying? That's a fire, that's a fire tip to end, end that episode because- we could rip on what Paul just said probably for another 30 minutes, but we won't. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's actually what I did at my last job as well, Ooh. which we can dive into in another episode. But yes, if you're currently working a job or you're freelancing, whatever the case may be, we really hope that you found some clarity in this episode because yep. we know that with freelancing, there's a lot of unknown territory a lot of um, captions, a lot of things you see on social media. Me and Paul, our objective has always been on this podcast just to share our experience, share our tips, no strings attached. Like if you took something away from it, that's all we want. So Mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. What are some updates, Paul, real quick? I know we're approaching uh, 30 whatever minutes here, but I I feel like there's some housekeeping updates we we should. Man, we got some stuff we're working on. Me and Ed really value in-person interaction when it comes to the podcast. I don't know. I feel like ever since we, ever since I officially became a co-host, uh, January, 2022, um, we enjoyed the in-person stuff. We had Bradley on in person, Corey Jenkins. We had my wife, Samuela. We got a lot of in-persons. And I, I think what gets me excited is we have a lot of in-person uh, episodes together coming up that we're going to be doing. And then also we got some guests that are in the pipeline. Um, some of my favorite creative entrepreneurs that I've looked up to in the space and, uh, Ed and I are going to be getting them on the pod. We're going to be getting into topics that I feel like most freelance creatives and entrepreneurs aren't willing to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and we, we kind of, uh, talked about it in this episode a little bit, we referred, we were kind of quoting someone, um, Puno. She's a awesome creative. She runs I Love Creatives, has been 
uh, I think isn't the host anymore, but also is the founder of Girl Boss Radio, another podcast. We're bringing him on soon as a guest, so a little teaser yeah. there. And then for everyone, anyone who um, has been rolling with Mid Combo even before Paul was here, you would know that one of our most listened episodes is How to Win the Social Media Game with uh, Ali and Rashad, and they're Cheers. both killing it. Uh, Rashad recently moved to LA, and he has grown crazy amount since that last episode and we're going to be having a conversation with him as well in person so just so many exciting things coming up in the next month or two here for mid combo and then um we have a workshop coming up as well in march Man. that's paul's workshop for his program but i'll be there as a guest speaker do you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah real quick if you're listening to this there might be a few tickets left but um march 11th is the workshop it's in miami it's a full day workshop. Last time I did a workshop, Ed was at it. It was in New York and it was a half day. It was cool. It was on pricing, but like we're taking it up a notch where I'm getting, I'm flying an Ed from Seattle to Miami, getting the students some shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. And we're about <laughs> to be on a panel with uh, Danny who owns Most Studio. She's the founder of Most Studio here in Miami. And we're going to be breaking down creative process. There's going to be hands-on shooting. Um, if you're at a point in your business where you're lacking structure and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this, the freelance journey, um, mm -hmm. you're going to walk away with some nuggets from myself, Ed and Danny. And also there's going to be hands-on shooting. We officially locked in a sponsor, um, Bayes Travel. Um, it's owned by Shane yep. Mitchell. Yo, we might have to, let's just say there might be some, uh, pickleball influence in that, uh, <laughs> shooting portion of the workshop. So let's go. Love to see you guys there. If you uh, are listening to this after the workshop or it's sold out, let us know if, uh, you know, where you're located. We'd love to, we got a few different spots in mind for where we want to travel to this year to do some in-person guest episodes. And we might even uh, throw in some sort of meetup or potentially live podcast hit. Let's go. Sweet, man. I think that's, that's, uh, that's all the housekeeping stuff. And then uh, we'll leave every relevant link down below if you guys want to check out our youtube channel we're posting on there as well if you want to look at the video format of this or you want to just see other previous episodes in a video format but yeah Sheesh. see you guys later peace